welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. 2 Peter chapter 3. I'm reading from verse 1 to 13. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of the Lord, the, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water, and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. What we are not, make us. What we know not, teach us. And where we are not, take us. To the glory of your name. Amen. All right, in our previous teaching last Sunday, I spoke about how we should be reminded of these things. So in Second Peter chapter 3, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. You know, there are some minds you can't stir up. There are some minds you can't stir up because it's not pure. It's polluted. So when the word comes, it can't stir you up. So you see, we will all hear the word, but some can be stirred up. Others cannot be bothered. <laughs> so that's why you have to be very well guarded as to what you expose your mind to. 
There are some things if you expose yourself to and keep listening to, it damages the innocence of your purity or your mind and the purity of your heart. You, you lose your innocence because of what you have heard. You lose your innocence because of some things you have seen. Some of us have seen too much. Bible talks about how some people's faith have been overthrown. Yeah. Your faith can be overthrown if you are not guarded. Your faith is like a government. Yeah. In your walk with God, in your spiritual life, in your church life, your faith is the ruling power. If you lose faith, that is why Paul said, I've kept the faith. In spite of all he went through, he was able to keep the faith. That is why he was able to achieve what he did for God. So in 2 Timothy chapter 2, I think it's verse 18 I was looking for. It says that, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Yeah. There are people who this pandemic, pandemic has overthrown their faith. The pandemic overthrew their faith. So it looked like the pandemic was a coup d'etat for some people. And so after the pandemic, so all this church thing, yeah, another government has taken over. Another government said, now, nah, we are in power. <laughs> so, now it says that, I stir up your pure minds. The infiltrated mind is difficult to work with. Difficult. We can preach hell and high water. Most of the infiltrated mind is crisis and troubles that help. When your mind becomes damaged, your thinking becomes damaged spiritually from the path of God, from the ways of God, it takes crisis and big problems, macho problems, tribulations. That sometimes can make you look for God. Now, you see, because in the time of problem, a lot of things don't matter anymore. Ideologies don't matter when you have problems. Yes. All you want is solution. All you want is solution. So sometimes if you are not in God strongly, the enemy can take you off. And by the time you come back, one of your legs is gone. <laughs> but at least your liver is still working, so we can work with it. <laughs> you, should have, you should have listened to me and not to have sailed from crates. So he said, I, I, I stir up your pure minds. By way of reminder. Remember, reminding you of some things, just stay, when you're pure, your heart is pure, it's easy for you to be stirred up. It's easy. But when your heart is gone, and impurities and infiltrations have invaded, that becomes a problem, an issue. Somebody was telling me about his, uh, his friend who attends a certain church. And the guy has downloaded himself with every negative thing in the church. And normally, when you are inside, you can be okay because your mind can be still pure. It's those who are out. And because he's always in alliance with those who are out. And you see, usually, people believe, no, me, no one can influence me. What is the use of a mind that cannot change? You didn't hear what I said. Everybody's mind is susceptible to changing. <laughs> That's why I said, be transformed by the of your mind. So then, if you don't expose yourself to what to renew your mind, and you expose yourself to what you pollute your mind, the mind is a very susceptible stuff. It's gullible. 
It can be directed this way or that way. Now, what am I saying? Who you listen to and continually listen to will determine how you start thinking. Oh, yeah. And you can get to a place where reminding you doesn't work anymore. Only crisis. And if God loves you, he has to break your leg. Oh, yes. Ask Jacob. God fought with him. He wasn't prepared. God said, this guy, let me break, not the leg, I'll break the hip. He had to depend on the staff the rest of his life. So when God has an assignment for you, he'll break your hip. He's coming. He has a mortal blow. So you don't, people don't know. You have backslided. Okay. You can't go because God is getting ready. <laughs> He's coming. He's coming. He will give you, they will suck you bitterly and end up, you end up in prison even though you are innocent. <laughs> they in prison, you start calling. I remember Pastor David used to prophesy, no evil will come near you. <laughs> Then you, hear, you remember somebody's testimony, how they had cancer, God healed. And the doctors have told you that you have three weeks to leave. You will look for us. <laughs> you will look for help from God. But sometimes by the time people wake up, it's too late. It's too late. He said you'll be saved, but ask through fire. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15 or so. Say you'll be saved, but it will be like through fire. You will suffer major losses. So he says that I stir up your minds by way of reminder. And then, so reminding us is important. And then the verse 2 talks about how we, that you may be mindful of the, your mind will be full. That's what mindful means. Your mind will be full <laughs> of the words. Did you see that? I don't know what is filling your mind. Some of you, all that fills your mind is marriage. So even when God is bringing you a wife, bringing you a husband, you can't hear him because marriage has clouded or has, uh, has, has blocked your ears from hearing the words that God is going to use to bring your testimony. May every ear be unblocked in the name of Jesus. Mindful of the words. Mindful. Let your mind be full. Let your mind be full. How do you get your mind full of the West? No, it won't be injected into your head by angels. Don't pray, Holy Spirit, let me know your word. No, no, it doesn't work like that. Like people who are praying to pass exam without studying. That is, that's, that's a, that's a mental health issue situation. You see, so there are things to do to see. But you know, it's easier to pray when you say just everything in prayer. Yeah, Bible, the Bible said, by in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request, let, let your request, once you let your request be made to, known to God, prayer is not one way. As soon as you finish praying, if you have not heard God, you have not prayed. So as soon as you finish praying, God will tell you, will show you where, uh, angel will show you that the, there is water, uh, the Lord will not die, there is water, that, something that will come away. Because the only way God can bless us is by sending us his word. When we receive the word, the word we have received is what becomes the platform for the manifestation of God in our lives. So he said, be mindful. Tell someone, be mindful. Be mindful. Tell another person, be mindful. be mindful. Let your mind be full of the words which was spoken before. Let your mind be full of the words which was 
spoken before by the holy prophets. So I explain it with the holy prophets, the apostles, and Jesus. Three areas that we get our final authorities from. But when look at the next verse. Before we go to the next verse, I want to draw your attention to something very important. Say promise. promise. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 16, I taught on that. The thing that every good preaching must, one way or the other, have this kind of effect. It says that, for we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you see that? So the power and the coming. You remember I spoke about that? The power and the coming. The power, so when I stood here, I said, God said, it shall be well with you. That uh, We prayed about situation. We prayed about the intervention of God. That is the power of God at work in us. All right? But that should not be the only thing our Christianity knows. Our Christianity must also be very much buried in his coming. So the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your Christianity is not solid, it's not authentic in the absence of focus on his coming. You can't live an effective Christian life if your mind is not on his coming. Can I say that again? I said you can't live a, an effective Christian life if your mind is not on his coming. Else your mind will just be upon what is happening now. And earthly things. But there's, there's the day coming. So every effective Christian preaching must not be completely void of prompting us and reminding us of his coming. One way or the other, there must be a statement or something that draws our attention to his coming. Because actually God has a reward for those who love his appearing. <laughs> can, can you imagine? Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 8. It's not, it said, there's a crown of... Righteousness that is laid up for me. And he said, not to me alone. Did you see that? There's laid a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me. When? On that day. And not to me only, but also who? All who love. There's something about loving his appearing. So there's a strength that comes to you as a Christian when you look forward to his coming. The reason why they were able to go through the persecution in the days, oh, let me put it this way. The reason why a Christian can suffer persecution without giving up is when he focuses on his coming. You have an expectation of his coming. See, because of our expectation of his coming, a lot of things cannot take us off, the, off track. We know he's coming. And we encourage one another with this. Bible says that, behold, what manner of that the Father has given unto us, that we should be called the sons of God. First, First John 3, 1, that we should call the Son of God. He said, yeah, but it has not yet appeared what we shall be. But we know when we see him, we shall be like, the world does not know us. That's a strong statement. The world does not know us. He says that, behold, what manner of the, 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 that, we call the son, that we should be called the Son of God. Therefore, the world knoweth know us, uh, us not. The world doesn't know us. That's a strong statement. Think about it. The world doesn't know us. Let's all say that together. The world know us. Say it again. The world know us. Think about that. And for politicians to define what the church is. For the world to be defining what the church is. And some of us, our definition of the church is what the world has told you. But the world doesn't know us. The world doesn't know us. If, you are, if your mind is worldly, you will miss what the church is. Because you can't know the church worldly. Worldly. <laughs> the world doesn't know us. 
But there's one thing we know that, uh oh, when he appears, can you imagine? Somebody say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First John said, But when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. First John chapter 3, yeah, verse 2. He says that now we are the children of God. It has not yet appeared, uh, has not been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, say he's revealed. he's revealed, he shall be revealed. When he's revealed, we shall be like him. Why? Because for we shall see him as he is. No one knows how he is. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he said, Henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. We don't know Christ after the flesh. If you know we are knowing him after the flesh, we don't know him. So he says that um, we shall be like him, for we shall see him. But look at the third verse. That's where I'm going and I've been going on and on. Verse 3 says that, ah, let's all read it aloud from the screen. One more time. When you have hope in him, that is his coming, you purify yourself. The reason why you are struggling with so many things about your Christian life is because you are not mindful of his coming. You are not mindful. You are thinking about current gratification. That's why your level, your threshold of offense is so low in the church. If you have a low threshold of offense, you won't do well in your Christian work. Because Christians are human beings like everybody. And when you get close, even look at your family, there's always tension. You don't talk to this one, doesn't talk to this one. I mean, every... <laughs> one thing I realized that every home, the children fight. They'll be playing right now. They will fight. Give them, there are three children. Give them four packs of sweets. Now, you would have been better have had a piece if you had given three. You gave them four, now it became a problem. And they are fighting over iPad. They are fighting over their phone. It's my phone. I ought to see. They are fighting over. I mean, children, are, that's, that's family now. And one day your child has left to me. say, I'm going, I'm going because my sister has offended me. I'm not living in that house again. I'm not living in that. You won't do well now. So if your threshold of offense is low, it's a sign that you are not growing. You see, many people are hiding behind big tongues. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, let, me, let, me, rather, let me not even say big tongues. They are hiding behind charismata. Charismata is, you know, the gifts and the way we view our things in the church. Hiding behind a lot of it. Many people are hiding behind a lot of things that look, make you look Christian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are so many things that make you look Christian, like coming to church and serving, like coming on time. It's good. Those things are very good. I feel sorry for those who don't do that. But then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. there are many things that make you look Christian. Make you look Christian. So many things. Even the way we pray. When we say, let's pray. Hi, hi, hi. Then you bring out your face towel. Hi, hi, hi. Five minutes prayer, you're already sweating. But after a year, we still don't see the results of the prayers. <laughs> There's something wrong. You scream, you scream louder. Your hallelujah is the loudest. But your results is the most minimal. <laughs> that means there is something wrong. Shouting is important. But your shouting, something is missing. It's missing a crucial ingredient. <laughs> 
Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some people can't even shout because now they found out the ingredient is missing. So <laughs> praise the Lord. So it's important to have, oh, thank you, Jesus. The, the coming of the Lord in view. That's Christianity. How come they are, they are executing people and they are singing? They are burning them at the stake and they are singing. What kind of hope? But if that's the end of life, they wouldn't go down like that. Oh, some, a lot of them would have said, no, no, you know, this is just thing, I can't do it anymore. But they, they face death. They face their death with joy. Why? Because the Bible says that, whom, even though you have not seen 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, you believe, rejoicing with joy unspeakable, full of glory. You haven't seen, but you are so hopeful. Why? When the church, listen to this, pastors, my pastor friend, the more you marginalize the message that reminds us of his coming, the more you are doing disservice to the strength of the Christians under your care. Because they won't be strong. They, they won't be strong. Prayer is not what makes you strong. Being mindful makes your prayer better. And then you begin to engage in prayer. If you don't pray, you'll be weak. But your defi- the, the quality of your prayer has a lot to do with what is on your mind, so long as the word is concerned. Being mindful of these things and engaging in prayer, engaging in prayer. The scripture you just read, he said, I fought, I fought a good fight. Verse 7, 2 Timothy chapter 4. I fought a good fight. Peter, he said, I fought a good fight. I'm thinking about it. I have finished my race, the race, and I've kept the faith. And so what? So what? Why are you boasting that? Your life is about to end. He's fought a good fight. So what? It's not because he's left a legacy for his children. His confidence is not because of what he has left, but what he has done for where he's going. So look at the next verse. He said, finally, there's laid for me a crown. It's there. It's, so his, his focus was on the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. Now, if you lose sight of what is ahead, in fact, you put yourself in a bad state. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22. He said, anyone who does not love the Lord, let him be cursed. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you are cursed if you don't love the Lord. Wow. And then he said, oh Lord, come. Now, let me talk about the coming of the Lord. Parousia. Now, it is, it is strong in scripture. So what we just saw, Peter said that we have not followed carefully devised fables. When we told you, announced to you, preached to you, made known to you, the power and the coming. The power and the coming. Because the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ cannot be downplayed. And we have strong Christian life. So he said, we made known to you the power and the coming. The power and the coming. Christianity that does well must not lose sight of the coming and the power. Some will say it's, a fa- it's fables. It's not coming. That's what we, are going, we, we just saw in the reading. But he said, we continue to remind you of these things because he's coming. He's coming. The Lord is coming. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 7. This is how he puts it, the Lord himself. He said, behold, let's all read it aloud. Let's go. Behold, Just that statement. Let's read it again. Behold, One more time, louder. Behold, I like the King James, please. All right. 
Yeah, I come quickly. No, I'm coming quickly. I like that I come quickly. It, it sounds very... Let's go. Let's read it together. Let's go. How, how is he coming? That's where the problem arose. Because for 2,000 years, the quickly has not manifested. <laughs> That's why he had to say with God, a day is like a... You know, just like a, just like a baby. A baby. One hour to a baby feels like one week. <laughs> it's a long time for a baby. One hour is too long. But to a busy adult, two hours is finished, especially when you are writing an exam. <laughs> or you are chatting with somebody you are in love with. <laughs> so, he said, behold, I come quickly. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 12, look at the verse 12 as well. Verse 12, let's read it. Let's, let's go. And Wow, according as his work shall be. I come quickly. So Jesus keeps saying, I'm coming. I think Revelation chapter 3 verse 11 says that, be careful that no one takes away your crown. Hold fast to your crown. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. So I come quickly. He's been saying, I come quickly. I come quickly. We'll, we'll pick a bit more on that. But I brought you to this text for you to realize that it's actually coming. And then there's something that I saw in verse 17, Revelation chapter 22, which was quite interesting. He said, what's that? You know, Revelation chapter 2, we talk about he that has an ear, what the Spirit says to the churches. So the Spirit has been saying to the church, Revelation chapter 2 verse 7, he's been speaking to the churches, he's been speaking to the churches, he's been speaking to the churches, he's been speaking, it's the Spirit that speaks to the church. So in Revelation, you can see the Spirit actively at work. Spirit speaking. In the last days, is the Spirit, I'll pour out my, in the last days, is the Spirit that is at work. And the Spirit is working in the church, not in town. The Spirit is working in the church. <laughs> The Spirit of God is working in the church. And where is the church? You. The church is a combination of human beings, or a, a group of people. So the Spirit of God is working in the church. And watch this. I'm, and he kept saying, the Spirit. Now, in Revelation chapter 22, verse 7, it says, the Spirit, who is the bride? Who is the bride? Are you sure? Are you sure? Okay, so that's easy to know when you're a believer. That the church is the bride of Christ. And now, the spirit and the bride. Wow. Okay, let's read it out together. Let's go. One more time. Louder. In Revelation, the spirit has been speaking. The spirit has been speaking. Now, it gets to the end of everything. The spirit and the bride has become fused so much together, they speak together. And their language is what? Come. The one who is coming quickly, come. You who are coming quickly, come. The more the spirit is filling you, the more he speaks together with you, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that here say so we, we those of us who are here what should we say come come and let him that is thirsty come oh no okay that's another come there so that come is not talking to it's like it's talking to a different person because this one the small one says that he who is thirsty but the other one is the church and the bride that are calling on the lord to come the other come is we are calling on the world to come and drink 
So it's just like in John chapter 7, verse 37, he who is thirsty, let him come and drink. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1, he who is thirsty, let him come and drink. Buy water without, uh, buy, buy, come and buy. Buy wine and milk without money, without price. Come, come. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says that, come unto me. Oh, so the second come there is talking about people who need the Lord. When you need the Lord, come to the Lord. But the first come is what I'm focusing on. How the church and the bride are now calling on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so brothers and sisters, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is such an integral part of a church life. Yes. Consciousness about his coming is an integral part of a healthy Christian life. Let me say that again. Consciousness about the coming of the Lord is an integral part of a healthy Christian life. Yeah. And it's very reflective and indicative of a healthy preaching. Most of the time when I sit down with Archbishop and we are having a conversation, whether we sit down or we are on the phone, for some reason you say, the Lord should come quickly. Or for some reason, he always, his conversations are always pointing to the second coming. His conversations... And I don't think it's intentional. But because of my discovery in scripture, I realized that this man is doing it. That's where you see a solid Christian. A solid Christian is ne never loses sight of their coming. The reason why people are in church, and even some, you can be a church leader and be messing up is because you've forgotten Christ is coming. How can you be expecting his coming and deceive the church? You can't be a pastor. You can't be a teacher who is expecting, whose eye or whose mind is on the coming of the Lord and yet taking advantage of the church uh, sexually or uh, monetarily or doctrinally. You can't do that. You can't be taking advantage of the church sexually, monetarily or doctrinally and expecting his coming. No. And so then, because of their attitude, they have to downplay his coming. But his coming is important. He has promised his coming. He promised it. From the beginning, God has been a God of promise. So in Titus chapter 1, verse 2, it talks about how in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. So can you imagine, watch this, before the world began, God was making promise. And the, this is important. The promise had to do with the eternal life that was going to come into man. When we talk about eternal life, we are not talking about everlasting life, okay? The eternal life doesn't necessarily mean everlasting life. Even though we all have everlasting life when you have eternal life. Eternal life is the Zoe, the God kind of life. All right, so that you have a human life and then God comes to put the divine life into you so that we can be partakers of the uh, uh, divine nature. So in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, he said he has given us this great and exceeding precious promises whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious words. And precious words. Did you see the promises there? Promises that by this we might be partakers of the divine nature. God has always promised concerning the divine nature. And the divine nature was always tied to the coming of Jesus. So the good news is that God is a God of promise. So from the beginning, the prophets prophesied about his coming. They kept prophesying, he's coming, he's coming. As I told you, you are not a true prophet until your prophecy pointed to his coming. In fact, Daniel, in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13, 
verse 13 and 14. I think we should look at that. That's, 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 I'll just quote one from there. I saw in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days, and they brought him near before him. The next verse. And there was given him dominion and glory and kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom which shall not be destroyed. So he said, I saw him coming. Daniel spoke about it. So the Jews, the people of God, always knew that there was the, a day God was going to come. And they usually classified that within the last days. So in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 17, when Peter was explaining to them, what has happened. He said, this is that which was said, that it shall come to pass when? In the last days. In the last days. So they had already been, the people of God had already been told that in the last day, there was going to happen. Something was going to happen. God was going to come down. God was going to descend upon his people. In Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2, it's a, there's a scripture there, very important. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2, it shall come to pass when? I can't hear you. When? So you can see Isaiah chapter 2 verse 2. He said, it shall come to pass. Isaiah is a major prophet. Prophesying that in the last day. So watch this. They stood on one plane and were prophesying about a coming day. They kept prophesying in the last days. In the last days. In the last days. In the book of Micah chapter 4 verse 1. Can you please put it up and see? But in the last days it shall come. Let's all read it together. Let's go. Let's all, let's all, let's go. In the last days it shall come to pass. The mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established on top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and the people shall flow into it. Now, he said in the last days, this is, this is Micah, prophet Micah. Years before Jesus showed up, they were prophesying in the last days. Now, let's go back to our main text for today, and I'll show you something. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 2. That ye be mindful of the words which was spoken before by the holy prophets and, and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that, watch this, knowing this first, that there shall come when? There shall come in the last days. Now, Peter Dems are also now talking about the last days. But is it not the days Isaiah? So when are the last days? Because Peter is now talking about in the last days. So that means that Peter, it looks like he was in the last day, or was he in the last day? Because it, it, now, this guy is preaching and telling the people about the last day. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Know this also, that... Let's all read it aloud. I think I like us to read it together. Let's go. That when? What shall happen? So he said, know this. And he was writing to Timothy concerning his times. And he said, know this. He was actually telling Timothy, we are in the last days. That perilous time shall come. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, Bible talks about verse 1, how God in times past spoke to her fathers through the prophet, ah, ah. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke when in times past to the fathers by the prophet. Look at the next verse. Has in this, ah, 
are. No, wait. When he said these last days, he's making it incumbent. In these, the days we are, are the last days. We are in the last days. So when did the last day, the period of the last days begin? Now watch this. People in the Old Testament, when they heard the last days, they were looking forward to a time, a period. But what the truth was is that we have the days of the prophet, the old days, and the last days. Okay? And what they didn't realize is that the last days was a certain period, but the last day is like, so we are in the last days by working at the edge. So we don't know when it will now be over. So the last day started from the time Jesus came. First Peter chapter 1 verse 20. The last days started from the time Jesus came. The last days have kicked in. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation, that's talking about Jesus Christ, before the foundation of the world, but was manifested when? In when? This, 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 this. Not sometimes to come. We are already in the last days. But we are in the last days and we don't know when the day shall end or when it's going to come. So when they, in the Old Testament, when they knew Christ was coming, watch, this is very important. When they said God was coming, the day of the Lord was coming, they only had in mind one day. But the coming of the Lord are in two ways. The first coming and the last coming. All that period is the last days. So the last day is between the first coming and the last coming. And so some people judge the first coming to be the last coming. What do I mean? Because Daniel said he's coming to take dominion and rule. That is why they said, Peter said, you can't go and die. The Messiah has come. This is the time to rule. But why he didn't know that there were two comings. The first coming was he was coming as a lamb. The same second coming is coming as a lion. The first coming is coming as a baby. The next coming, collecting from Mary, he's coming as a king. The first coming, he came as a servant. The last coming is coming as a master. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. That is why Christians talk about the second coming of Christ because he has already come. But in the Old Testament, they didn't know the difference. They concluded all is the coming of the Lord. But we know that the last days are the days between the first coming and the second coming. And because we are in the last days, our preaching cannot be void of the coming of the Lord. Our preaching cannot be silent about the coming of the Lord. Shout Maranatha! Maranatha means come Lord! Come Lord! Come Lord! Come Lord! Some people are not expecting his coming. It's a classic sign of a backsliding heart. You can be preaching, but you're backslided. That one is even very easy. Pastor, you know what I'm talking about. You can be preaching but it's just work for you. You can be working for God and not working with God. You are a man at work, not a man God uses. May God have mercy upon us all. Anybody at all can miss it. Anybody at all. It's not a function of your good intention. It's a function of your guardedness. How alert and how on guard you are. If you are not on guard, in spite of your good intention, you, 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 you will be a victim. You, will not, you can't prevail accidentally. <laughs> Every one of us must be alert. Be mindful and be watchful. He said, therefore, watch, for you don't know when the Lord shall come. 
And the second coming of the Lord is such an important aspect of Christianity. Jesus himself said, I'm coming. In fact, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 27, verse 37, verse 39, look at what Jesus said. Jesus said, for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming, ah, so the Son of Man is going to come. He was on earth to talking. He said, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Okay? The coming of the Son of Man, I'm going to come. Look at verse 37. Verse 37. It says that, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the word coming of the Son of Man be. Verse 39. And did not know until the flood came and took them away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Maybe next week or then somewhere there, I'll talk about the parousia, the two comings, two aspects of his coming. One is going to come on the clouds. The other one is going to come in the clouds. <laughs> it's all in the Bible, clear. I saw him in the cloud. The one that is going to come in the cloud, you're coming like a thief. Yeah, that, that's the first of the second coming. It's going to come like a thief. Suddenly, you don't know when it's coming. You come, you come on unawares and take those who are let away. Just like the uh, five wise virgins. He will come. You didn't know when he came. Ah, you are ready. Let's go. And then tribulation will come. Then he will come again. That one is coming with the saints to come and reign. He's coming in majesty. Every all eyes shall see him coming. Shout hallelujah. So the Lord is coming. He himself said, I'm coming. Didn't we see Revelation chapter 22, verse 7? Revelation chapter 22, verse 12? Revelation chapter, chapter 3, verse 11? He said, I come quickly. Very quickly. Very quickly. I come quickly. He, these are the words of Jesus. Not the words of an apostle. He said, I come quickly. So the coming of the Lord was prophesied by the prophets. So Peter said, this is that which was prophesied. That in the last days. He said, I'm coming. The prophet prophesied he's coming in the scriptures. In fact, in Psalm 110, verse 1 to 3, said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies thy footstool. Hallelujah. So the Lord is coming. When you look at through, I don't have time. When you look throughout the Old Testament, the prophet, the prophet spoke about his coming. Jesus himself spoke about his coming. And now the apostles, they taught on his coming. That's why he said, we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming. So their preaching was about the power and the coming. So the second coming of the Lord is of such great importance. Looking back to our foundational text, verse 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days. When are the last days? Now. When are the last days? Now. Are we in the last days? Yes. So being in the last days is not a last day. Maybe next Sunday or so I'll talk about on that day. That is the day of judgment. But it's different from the last day. The day of the Lord is different from the last days. So in the last days, this is interesting. There shall come in the last days scoffers, mockers. You see all this nonsense. This church church thing, when you say, listen, anytime someone tells you this church church thing is not, I'm telling you, you are being deceived. Know that, ah, it's a sign that Jesus is going to come. When someone tells you Jesus is not coming, ah, you've seen a sign that is going to come. Because in the last days, people will say these kind of things. Look at verse 3 again. He says, in this last days, scoffers. 
Scorners, mockers. Look at Jude. Jude 18. It says that, how that they told you there shall be mockers. When? In the last days. They will mock, they will mock us. When we are doing church, they are mocking us. When we are evangelizing, they are mocking us. They go to universities and mock us. Professors think they are too smart. Can you imagine? That's why we have to be careful how we are raising our children. They can go to school and they, your children grew up thinking that you are the smartest man or the smartest woman until they go to school and then go to higher study, levels of studies and then see very bright, intelligent people who are now saying this whole thing about God is not real. Then you realize you've made a mistake. You should have put inside them heavily before they got there. Because they are brilliant minds that will bamboozle and, and just flabbergast your child. And your child will see this as an icon. Oh, he's so smart. He's so intelligent. He's so, and now this intelligent person is telling you, you see all these things they are saying, church, 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 church. They begin to mock it. He said in the last, it's signs of the last day, mockers will come. Scoffers. Scoffers. He said, oh, all this Christian, Christian thing. And this, oh, all these churches are about tight, 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 tight. That's why your life is that tight. It's about tight, tight. <laughs> all these things are about they, they make mockery. Yeah. To the extent that even when you want to take a stand as a Christian, you are ashamed. Yeah. 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 You, are, you, you, you feel very shy to say you're a Christian. Your children are hiding their Christianity. The only time they say they are Christians is when they are filling a form. Take a box, take a box, take a box. But has to be confident about their faith and keeping their faith. They don't have it because they are dealing with mockers and scoffers. And not all your the children. I'm talking about you. You. At work. At work. Scoffers. They mock us. They mock us. Why? Because it's a sign of the end times. It's a sign of the end time. If we stop preaching this and making, reminding people of these things, we are hurting your hope for the coming of the Lord. Yeah. The monk says, scoffers shall come. Mockers, knowing this, that in the last, now let's put it, he says that, knowing this first, it's important, before you even start looking for breakthrough, know this first. <laughs> oh, I feel I'm preaching. <laughs> Amplified. To begin with, you must know and understand this that scoffers, mockers, will come in the last days with scoffing. People who walk after their ah. So, so my point is here. Hey, I don't believe you all this thing. It is not because there's there's a group of people who they said it doesn't matter what you do, for fornication doesn't matter, catch girls, slay them, lie, do anything. You are pure in your spirit. All these pastors will be preaching. God is here. All this rubbish. And uh, grace, 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 hyper grace. Kind of. <laughs> but you know why they like that? Anyone who is making so much noise about grace, 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 grace. Something. There's something. Last, last, last is being hidden. He said they are not saying that because of the intelligence. Yes, they might use a very cogent arguments. Very intellectual uh, suppositions. Or propositions, propounding all kinds of things that you can you can flow flawless intellectually. But you know what? Behind the intellectualism they are displaying, there is lust because of their lust, their own lust. Their propositions are being funded by lust, their own lust. That is why it's not every teaching you follow. Some teachings, if you follow, you will be an adulterer. 
I'm telling you, I don't care when you go born again. Doesn't matter. There are some teachings if you follow, you'll be a fornicator. Some teachings if you follow, you'll be a very unforgiving person. Yeah. There are some teachings if you follow, you will never stay faithfully in the church. There are some teachings if you follow, you will die in poverty because you, you struggle to give. You struggle to give. There are some teachings. If you follow, no one will be able to pastor you. Because this whole, your, your version of Christianity, you are, I don't know where you are gathering all these rubbish teachings. That's just between you and God. You don't need any man to please any man. Read your Bible. Jesus himself came down, meet, met Saul of Tarsus. He said, go to Damascus. They will tell you. He asked me what I should tell you. Go to Damascus. I've got disciples there. Join the discipleship team. Who is discipling you with this big mouth? Who is discipling you? You are making loud noise and noise. You are so noisy. Your noisy Christianity that cannot make news. <laughs> yes, who is discipling you? Who is this that before you go around parambulating as some powerful person? God speaks to me. God speaks. And when they want to say it, they say it in a very uh, pious way. God speaks to me. And they, they add emotions. You know, these people don't believe me. <laughs> now our, our time, our time for you to win what people, for, for you to win people is not the quality of what you are saying, but how you are saying it. The emotions you are attaching to it. Repent or you burn in hell. <laughs> there shouldn't be any justification between you and God for staying in that, that mess. Jesus said, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. Lest a worse thing comes upon you. Go and sin no more. The worst thing is the man whose eyes were open. He said, don't go and sin again. So the blindness... Sin was, was behind it. He said, else a worse thing will come up. Yes. You have healed somebody. The body, man, he said, go and sin no more. Less a worse. A John. Yeah. I think John chapter 5. After Jesus fired in the temple, Jesus said, behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more. Less a worse thing come upon thee. Because your, your sickness, some sicknesses is sin. Yes. You are coming to prayer and we keep praying, we keep praying. When you finish, you go back to that sinful lifestyle. And you don't have plans. So I'm not talking about someone who is fighting with their flesh. Yeah. I'm talking about, you don't, want, you don't have plans to change you. No, no, no. This boy, me, I'm not leaving him. This girl, I'm not leaving him. We, we, are, we, are, we, we go day, day together. You, you have made, <laughs> that becomes a problem. So we are praying and praying and praying, but you still remain a prey. Sin is dangerous. Let's all strive. So there are some teachings. There are some teachings. They make you more a sinner. <laughs> yeah. In fact, Jesus said the Pharisees. He said you go heaven and earth to win a proselyte. And then you make him twice a child of the devil. Yeah. yeah. I think Matthew chapter 23. He should be there. Yeah, verse 15. What do you, scribes? Scribes, they interpret, they, they write, they are the ones who write scriptures. Uh, did you hear what I said? <laughs> they, they write scriptures. What do you, scribes and Pharisees? Some people will say, hypocrites. Hypocrites. <laughs> 
hypocrites. <laughs> you travel land and sea to win one proselyte. You know, a proselyte is somebody who is not a Jew, but want to practice Judaism. So it's like convert. They convert them, even though by nature it's not Jew. It's practiced. So in the synagogue or in the temple, they don't join. They sit at the, at the back on it. So you have the men, and then behind the men, the women. And then behind the women, now there was the proselytes who have come in. They, they stay there. Yeah. That's why. And before the proselyte, there's a, mid, a wall, small wall. It's like, you know, when you are in a balcony, the way you have this balustrade. Yeah, it's like a balustrade, a wall between. But you are not in balcony, you are on the ground. But they have built a wall between you and the Jews. So when Jesus died, the Bible says that he removed a, the wall of partition that separates us when we come to worship. Hallelujah! Amen. Ephesians chapter 2. So now, uh, uh, you, he said you travel land and sea, not heaven and earth. Land and sea to win a proselyte. And when he's won, you make him twice as much the son of hell as yourself. You see what the preachers were doing? They go outreach, but bring the people in and make them worse. Because <laughs> Jesus said, the end, the latter stage of such a man is worse than the beginning. Because he changed. But when he came, he realized that ah, this thing, you can be in church and still fornicate. Uh -uh. So then they are flowing. They are flowing. And they are latter because the guy used to be a porn star. Now he's come to church. He changed. But after two months, he realized that, you know, the, the sisters don't mind. <laughs> and the pastor doesn't mind because all he thinks about is his offerings <laughs> and the congregation. Come, 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 come. Doesn't matter. Come just as you are. Yeah, you can come just as you are. Don't have to remain the way you are. <laughs> when you come, you repent. For remission of sins. Too many people come in without repenting. When Jesus resurrected, he appeared not to all the people. Acts chapter 10 from verse 40, 41, 42. I'll come back. I need to say this one. He appeared not to all the people, but to those who have been chosen. Those of us who have been chosen from the beginning. He appeared to only a selected few. He's there. Not to all the people. His resurrection. And verse 40 again, verse 40. God, him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. You think openly means like cinema everywhere. No, openly. No, he didn't put you on social media. Or only special friends. Not to all the people, but to witness. Ah, but to who? Witnesses. He only showed them to witnesses. Well, well, witnesses are supposed to go and tell it. So why don't you show yourself to the people you want to win? No, he said, I don't do that. Someone must go and tell them. That's why he gave them example. He knew Thomas would not be there, but he showed them so that they can tell Thomas. And Thomas would say, if I don't see him, I can't believe. He said, we don't, in this kingdom, he doesn't operate like that. You have to believe those who have seen him, those who have heard the message. It must be, com it must be communicated to you. And if you believe what has been communicated to you, Pastor, how can you imagine? A whole angel appears to Cornelius. A whole angel appears to Cornelius. In Acts chapter 11, I don't want that. I don't want the verse chapter 10. That one is the story. But Peter was telling the story. That is, when he was telling the story in chapter 11, he says that the angel said, send to Joppa for Peter. He will tell you words by which you will say, Angel, tell me those words. He said, No, 
I can't say it. The words that will save you is in the mouth of a human being. You tell me this your Christianity is only you and God. You don't know God. You don't know God. You need a teacher. What's your blessing in this season? So he said he will tell you words by which you will be saved. Pastor, what? Peter said, whilst I was speaking, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Why did he wait for me to speak? That's how God works. The Holy Spirit, he can do whatever he wants. No. He said, I need a preacher. Go and bring a preacher. When the preacher starts preaching, a preacher whose focus is on me, whose focus is on my coming, as he starts preaching, I can start working. As the preacher preaches, I can start working. If you disconnect yourself from a preacher, you have disconnected yourself from the help of God. See, most people don't read the Bible. And you have gathered internet preachers who don't have congregation. They only have views. Views. Views for the sake of offerings and for the sake of importance. They only have views. That's the ones you keep following. And they are teaching you how to live your Christian life. Do you know how they are living? Do you know how they are treating their wives? Do you know how they are treating their wives? How they are raising their children? That's why it's good for a pastor to be with the church a while. So we can see him. The way he's treating his wife. We can see his wife. We can see his children. It's like a family. We need to see the leader's life too. Yeah. Sitting on internet. And people are calling you daddy. Yeah. If you're daddy, give birth. Give birth to human beings in a congregation. Let's know you're daddy. And pastor them and let them grow. You, you can't even pass that 10 people and you are making noise about someone passing 100. 100 with credible results. You can see they are growing in the Lord. They are growing their, their, their knowledge of the Lord and they are keeping their eye on the second coming of Christ. You, you can't pastor anybody. You, don't, you can't even go out to go and win souls. And people who others have brought them in, you make them twice sons of hell like yourself online. So be careful. It's not everybody you are allowed to teach you. No. No. It's not every preacher you, keep, you can be feeding from. Because some teachings can make you a sinner more. Because of the focus and the emphasis. And the eclipse. Christ gets eclipsed. All things of Christianity get eclipsed. Because... Falling people don't like it. So they, you know I mean, they feed you with what the world wants. So we can, in the name of, we want to reach out to the world. My job is not a community leader. No, 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 don't confuse the two. A pastor is not a social worker. His job is to feed the flock. His job is not to the community. Sometimes it either it can, that's fine. But God calls a pastor to a congregation, not to a community. So now, just in case you are not part of the church and this preaching is boring you, that's, you are not, I'm not preaching to you. It's all right. I'm not preaching to you. Hey, this pastor, the way you are preaching. Listen, we are not looking for views. 
The gospel is not good views. It's good news. <laughs> Hallelujah! So he says that, let me end. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 3. They have the audacity, knowing fact, that they'll be mockers. Walking after the flesh. Let me end in verse 4. Look at the verse 4. I won't go further. Just the scripture. Just the scripture. And saying, where is the promise? Of, ah, you see? You see, after you, are, you listen to some preachers, your heart gets filled with doubt about the things God has said. Doubt. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Just this, this whole coming, coming thing. It is not, my friend, they tell you, my friend, grow up. And then they begin to talk about Adam is just is, is a, a, a fable. Yes. It's a fiction. Yeah. Any preacher who says Adam, the story of Adam is not real. It's fiction. It's fictional. You have to be careful. It's not that, that they, they are beginning to uh, go off. They have actually, they are off. Oh, but you see, you see watch this. How can you believe in that? I mean, come on, come on. Let's be real. How can, you, how can you believe that one man, God opened his side and pulled her? Come on. See, you see, it's last behind it all. It's not intelligence. First of all, it's last. And they, they transfer it into an intellectual communication. And I, said, I was telling KP too. He said, oh, I don't understand everything in the Bible, a lot of things, so I don't. Listen, there are so many things you start school, you don't understand. Now you're a professional. When you started the course, did you understand everything? You are a mathematics professor. You, some time ago, the way you used to struggle with maths. Yes, 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 yes. You start little by little. Here, based on the teachings, then you can't, you can't say, I want to understand everything about Christianity before I get born again. You, you, you go to hell if you do that. <laughs> because some of us are still trying to understand some stuff. But the, but the basic things is so reasonable, you can't deny. If you deny it, it's like you are denying facts or you are arguing against proof. There are proofs. So just basic presence of God and man, workings of God, is so undeniable that the, that's why it's good news. It's not good story. It's not good ideas. It's good news. It has already happened. We are just recounting and telling the news. It's something that is historic. It's already happened. That's the gospel. It's something that has already happened. It's not something that is about to happen. For you to say, I don't think this can happen. Jesus has come and died and gone. Long time, he resurrected long time people saw it long time people preached it long time and it's going to come he said it long time ago wow. it's good news it's, 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 it's they said where is he come he's been saying that this and they say adam come on adam i'm too smart to 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 tell me about that you don't even know your own daughter even know your own husband you don't even know your own wife you are so smart but you can't even keep a relationship can't you realize that something is missing you are so smart but you don't even know how to control yourself so you you don't become overweight <laughs> you don't have the solution 
watching porn. You are so smart, but porn has got you. You are, you are, you are not in control. You are not in control. You aren't telling you. You are not. You need salvation. I think I have to end. Did you receive something? Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show. And the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.